0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post errands pick pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves.
1: I heart.
0: What's going on? And welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallerson. Hope everyone is having a great holiday season and staying safe. And your New Orleans Pelicans are on a roll right now. They have won three in a row after taking down the Portland Trail Blazers last night, 111 to 97 to help break this thing down and talk about everything going on with the Pelicans. I welcome in again, David Wesley, Valley Sports Studio Analyst for your New Orleans Pelicans. Also, we'll make this a Wesley Wednesday, as we used to do here on the
1: podcast. David, hello.
0: Happy holidays. and glad to have you on again, my friend.
1: Happy holidays to you, and it's good to be back. Good to be back on and talk some good Pels basketball.
0: Absolutely. We're ready for the perfect time to have you on so we can talk about some good things going on with New Orleans. Look, they've won three in a row. They had that game-winning shot by Devontae Graham against OKC. And you take down the reigning champs. Yes, they were shorthanded, but still I thought a very important win for New Orleans. And last night, even with everyone focusing on whether Damian Lillard was going to play or not, Pelicans end up taking care of business in the fourth quarter. What has stuck out to you during this three-game winning streak, something they
1: haven't done all season long? Well, I think the execution down the stretch has been better. Uh, Making the plays, getting to the 50-50 balls, um, you know, defending and, and getting out in transition. I think down the stretch is where some of those things didn't show up early in the season and I think now with a little more regularity a little more consistent consistency you, you see those guys out there making the right plays you know you look at that first half last night and you see the 11 turnovers and then one in the third and two in the fourth and that second one in the fourth came really late like where it didn't really matter so um, you know, those are the kind of things uh, that, that are happening that I that I really think that give this team a chance. And then you look, they're only three or four games out of the playing game. So uh, they've really done a nice job of just kind of keeping it close, hopefully, until Zion gets here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad he brought that up because, one, they're just a couple games out of that playing spot. And everyone looks at me or when I talk about it, I think you're crazy. They're 11 and 21. Why are you talking about it? Well, this is what the Western Conference is looking like. The fact that you are in this position and are still only two games back, that's not something of your fault. And you mentioned Zion, but I feel like the key for this Pelicans team is, and something that was brought up earlier in the season is a lot of these guys were playing roles that they, I don't think they were ready to play or weren't accustomed to going in the training camp without Zion. Everyone was all right. Zion Williamson gets here. Everyone was signed based on how they can complement with him. And now that you're 32 games in w- without him, do you feel like guys are just starting to settle in? You've had a consistent starting lineup now. Uh, for a good couple weeks. You feel like everyone's just kind of settling into the role, knowing their spots in the rotation?
1: Well, I think in the beginning of the season, when you when you think about Zion coming back and at the time, you know, was he coming back game one? Was he coming back game 10? Was he came, coming back game 20? You didn't know. So I think there was maybe some, some still let's figure out the style we're going to play when he gets back. And then after – you know, the setback and then the, the second, second thing he went through in, in California, you now have to start realizing it's just us. The guys in this locker room, we have to go do it. And I think over this, this first start of the season, these guys have started to learn, started to figure out how can I help this team. I think BI has done a great job of trying to figure out what buttons to push. Willie's done the same thing. They've had a lot of conversations. I think that's been huge in, in their growth. Uh, but this league has a lot of parity on both sides. It seems like, you know, all the way down to to eighth is a lot of games under 500, not just some games, like a lot of games under 500, and second or third is like 500, you know, uh, or third or fourth is like 500. So um, there's always a chance, and right now I feel like the Pelicans are playing as if Zion is not coming back. I think they're playing with the intention that this is our group this is who we're going to battle with. And this is what we have to do for now. And if Zion comes back, great. Uh, If he doesn't, we're already on on the mindset of how we need to play.
0: Absolutely. And I talk about that
1: starting lineup and everyone wants to talk
0: about Brandon Ingram and rightfully so the man has been on fire during the month of December, the last three games in winning streak, averaging 28 points per game. Uh, But I think, Josh Hart needs to be involved in this discussion about how meaningful he has been to this Pelicans team since being inserted in the starting lineup. Um, what he does from a rebounding perspective, from an energy perspective, the one-man fast break, one-on-four, doesn't matter. What kind of spark does Josh Hart bring to this team that you, you really kind of need that guy on on each team? And I feel like he's the guy for the Pelicans. He's
1: he's the X Factor. He, he's, he's that guy that, it, like – when he goes out, how do you replace it? You know, you might be able to get more scoring out of somebody. You may be able to get better playmaking out of somebody. You may be able to get better rebounding out of somebody, but the combination of everything he does, including his hustle, the things that don't show up in a stat sheet, um, his, his intensity, his, his presence on the floor, I think is contagious and, and people play to that level, or at least try to. So Um, I think he's invaluable. He is that X factor. And uh, as much as you can't afford to have Brandon Ingram off the floor, sometimes you can't afford to have Josh Hart off the floor floor either.
0: And another guy in that starting lineup, Herb Jones, who had the the tall task of guarding Damian Lillard last night. And I I thought, you know, he got in the foul trouble early. I thought Damian was, you know, like, all right, you have a rookie on me. I'm going to make you pay a little bit, which is a great learning experience for Herb Jones. But I feel like for a guy that's been drafted 35 overall and how much the Pelicans rely on him defensively as well, I think it's just been impressive, his maturity, number one, knowing what his role is and how he could be effective on the floor, but how
1: hard he works and in how much he is able to contribute when he is in the starting lineup. And when I look at Herb Jones, I look and, and I'm – first I'm impressed by how good defensively he already is uh, because sometimes it takes – playing against someone to kind of learn, all right, this is what they like to do. Sometimes reading it doesn't do it justice because you, you don't add in the, the fakes and the quickness and, and things like that. So for him to struggle against a Dame Lillard, of course it's your first time kind of seeing him It's your first time understanding him. And, and Dame's been doing this to guys as good or better defensively his whole, whole career. So, um, you know, Hurt Jones is is learning. Uh, he's he's way beyond his time already on the understanding, and he just c- continues to get better. And the next time he sees Dane, will it be better? You kind of think it will be. The next time after that, you kind of think it will be because that's the kind of guy he is. He, he really locks in, and he's fun to watch. And the fact that you know he's starting to find his angles offensively too, where he can cut, where he can dive, where he can space he really plays off of Brandon very well and and seems to always be in the right places.
0: Someone else that stood out last night. I thought, of course, he was huge in the fourth quarter. You mentioned how well the Pelicans have been playing down the stretch. They outscored the Blazers 30 to 19 that fourth quarter, but Nikhil Alexander Walker had 18 of those 30 in the fourth quarter, he had 15 straight for new Orleans at one point between the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth quarter, five of six from three, it just seemed like he was more comfortable taking some set shots last night, whether he was just, you know, there's been times where the shot selection may have not been there. Um, but what always sticks out to me is the confidence level. No matter if he's 0 for 10 from three or 5 for 5 from three, the confidence never wavers. What did you see from Nikhil last night that, you know, we, we've seen before, but just haven't seen it consistently throughout this season?
1: When I, when I look at Nikhil's shot selection last night, the shots that he made he was open like they forgot about him they fell down they made a mistake if he can be more selective in his shots he will have more games like that he he is a true talent and if he's and the way i see it the more he stays away from just being a jump shooter because he has more game than that he's not just a shooter he doesn't have to be just a spot up guy He can put it on the floor and go to the basket. And the the games that I've liked most from him are the ones where one, he shot the, had better shot selection and two, didn't just rely on the three ball. He drove, he got in the basket. There's one other game and I can't remember who it was against, but he drove most of the game and then he knocked down maybe two threes and probably went two of six. So, um, but he played an exceptional game. I think those are his better games. And I think some of his struggle is trying to be more selective trying to figure out where his things are coming from. Um, But I I think games like last night will teach him a lot on how he wants to play the game and how he can help this team. But I think as long as his shot selection is good, I think he has a better chance of of making shots for this team.
0: Well, how tough is it on a guy like that who going through somewhat of a shooting slump uh, potentially, but – you know having to the confidence to say hey i'm going to continue going i feel like when Nikhil, you see the type of talent he has or sometimes i think it's just the mental side of things of when to shoot does that get into people's heads a little bit you go through a slump you you talk about "Man, should i be taking this side or should, this shot instead of really just going out there and playing how much can that take a toll on a guy you know as, as you you kind of learn especially for a guy that's just in his third year in the nba
1: well I think you're you're speaking more to my generation in, in a lot of ways we were, were expected to no shot selection we were expected to uh there was a hierarchy of who's shooting the ball whereas now it seems like it's more of a you're open shoot the basketball uh and with that said, sometimes you feel open or you don't know what open is you shoot all the time um and i and I think that's that does get in your head when you're thinking shot selection and not when you're thinking, if you don't know what a good shot is, then before you shoot it, you have to make that decision in seconds. Uh, if you're always doing that and you don't just feel, Hey, I'm open shoot the ball. It can get in your head. And I think Nikhil has, has struggled with that a little bit, trying to figure out what's a good shot. And when do I get in? And um, you know, I remember guys in my generation that, that because you know, you were only shooting balls that the stars weren't shooting. It wasn't like, you know, every guy has 10 shots in a, in a night. So, um, but this generation is different. They're asked to shoot open shots and, and any open shot is, is a fair shot, which leads to bad shot selection. I think this league is full of it. Before I let you go here, of course, uh, we will not talk to you
0: uh, until after Christmas. So, of course, the slate of games on Saturday looks really good for right now. And hopefully all those games can stay in place with a lot of teams uh, battling health and safety protocols. Um, but you played on Christmas Day once with the Houston Rockets. Um, do you have any memories from Christmas Day? And just what does it mean for the league when, when you wake up on Christmas Day and you have you know the ability to watch five games all in a row throughout the day. How how special is this day for not only you, but also for the NBA? Just how kind of, you know, NFL made Thanksgiving their holiday during the season where Christmas has really established themselves in the NBA.
1: Well, as a player, it's it's cool. You know, you know, everybody's watching. Um, It's cool and then it's not. It's kind of a, you know, kind of a mixed bag. Obviously, you're not with your family. Obviously, you're not there Christmas Day. Obviously, you're not uh, in your home um, or one team is one team isn't, but still you have to work. So you're not really doing Christmas stuff. Uh, you may do it the day before the day after, uh, which basketball families they get, it's not always going to be pretty, but, um, you know, after you get over that kind of thing, then, you know, you, the enjoyment of, you know, millions of people are watching, that's fun. And then it's just a fan watching it. You you know, you get up, you open your presents, you you know, you get your, whatever hot drink you, you got. And, everybody's sitting around it's nothing like basketball or some sporting event being on so you know I think it's great I think it's great for everyone uh, it's one of those things you can lay on your couch watch tv and, and enjoy the rest of your Christmas so I like Christmas games and I like them more when I don't have to do them or had to play in them
0: absolutely with the Pelicans I've been uh, on uh, a few times here in the last few years so I know we've had to work on them so uh, I'm okay with taking a break this year but we will be in Oklahoma <laughs> City Christmas night um, but as long as the Pelicans win, I'm okay with with heading out there uh, just for one night. Well, David, I really appreciate the time. Of course, you can watch David on Valley Sports New Orleans pregame, halftime, and postgame as a studio analyst. Always does great work and always enjoy the conversation with him. Have a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas to you and your family, David, and we'll talk to you
1: soon. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Be safe out there.
0: Always great having David Wesley on the podcast and always great having him on the broadcast as well. Next up for the Pelicans will be the Orlando Magic as the Pelicans will hit the road this afternoon. And we'll take on the Magic tomorrow, remember, 6 p.m. Central Time. And you can listen on ESPN New Orleans, 100.3 FM or, of course, watch on Valley Sports New Orleans. Free game for both will begin at 5.30. Yeah, look out for those Orlando Magic. They are have a lot of guys in health and safety protocols right now. They actually play tonight in Atlanta against the Hawks. Hopefully everything will be okay where the Pelicans will not have another postponement like they did on Sunday against the Philadelphia 76ers. Then they'll have a couple days off to enjoy the Christmas holiday and we'll be back in action on Sunday. Remember, no Saints on Sunday, so you can enjoy the Pelicans and Thunder 6 p.m. Central as well before the Pelicans will have another home game next Tuesday. Against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We will take a break for the Pelicans podcast. No show on Friday. We want to enjoy the Christmas holiday as much as you all get to as well. So we'll be back with you on Monday, hopefully talking about a five game winning streak for the Pelicans. Again, they've won three in a row and a good opportunity to take on two teams this week that are under 500 and a chance to get a winning streak going. As after that, the Pelicans have a really tough schedule as they'll take on the Cavs, the Bucks, the Jazz the Suns, and the Warriors in their next five after this Sunday. Hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday season. Please don't drink and drive. Please enjoy the weekend with friends and family. And as always, we appreciate you listening to our podcast, which is presented by Siki. Until Monday, for David Wesley, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by Siki. Merry Christmas and go Pets.